Hey there, folks. What do you know? Another episode of the show. It's the Unicast, episode 140. And this week, we are talking to Rachel Daughtry of the Compassion Coalition. It was really nice to finally have her in the studio. Uh, also, folks, we're going to be talking about uh, my bad car luck, whether I am a shlemiel or a shlemazel, uh, the downtown hospital, Claudia Tinney's bad optics, a little bit of history lessons, Pink Floyd, the Oscars 2018, generalized trademarks, all of this, folks, and so, so much more. We are happy, as always, to have you here. Oh, yeah. No, I don't need a hug today. I'm okay today. You're not allowed to take hugs. They can just mis- be misconstrued now. You oh. have to kind of do the yeah. safe distance. Oh, a pat yeah. uh, on the shoulder? No, I don't or even like the touching. I don't even no. like the touching or no. asking. Just no. kind of wave or nod. Tip the cap, maybe. This is the Justin Parkin scene of the post-Harvey uh, Weinstein era. <laughs> You're a good hugger, though. I love hugging people. Mm. Hello, folks. Welcome back. Uticast episode 140. Holy just, cow. They creep right up on you. Yeah. Uh, Kevin is on vacation still. He is on the way back from Florida. I thought you would make him record when he got back. He's <coughs> no. here at like 10.30 no. and do like a whole segment on a recap. He'd be so annoyed. Talking oh my God, no, he'd be so annoyed. I would just be sitting here, in a, we'd be sitting here waiting for him. We're like, hey. Hey, what's up, man? You, uh, you, you, well, you, in, you talk to him and then you insert the segment first and then talk to him Should like I? we did all the stuff. And so every time he brings something up, I'm like, no, we already talked about that. Yeah. No, we already talked no, about that. I'm, I'm going to immediately text him. When we're done doing this and I start recording the, yeah. the show, I'm going to text him and just be like, it all fell apart, man. Yeah. I got nobody. Heather couldn't make it. No. Kevin, Justin couldn't make it. I got to wait for you, man. We got to wait to do it till like 11 o'clock. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, oops, sorry. There's my one F-bomb for the show. Yeah, I'm definitely going to troll him a bit when we get He's off. He's probably got good airplane stories. <laughs> he's Kevin, got Kevin in an airplane. He probably had to get first class. He's probably sat in between two people. He's yeah. like Andre he's the, the Giant. Yeah. Tough for him. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't sleep. I saw that Andre the Giant, uh, Andre the Giant documentary trailer yesterday. HBO's doing a mm-hmm. documentary, and there's like the picture of the Andre holding the beer can, mm-hmm. and it's like smaller than yeah. his hand. And I assume that's what Kevin's life is like. <laughs> right? Like he's just. But they do show him in an airplane. And he's like in the entire bench seat. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin is on vacation, uh, joining us this week in his stead, the man behind Maiden Utica, the infamous one back again, Justin Parkinson drinking coffee in my living room. What a surprise. Nice to see you. No problem. Um, <laughs> uh, couple things I wanted to bring up with you before we get into, uh, today's news. Uh, one, I saw a good story on Vice today that made me laugh thinking about, uh, you and me. Uh, the Vice headline was, grown men who live with cats. <laughs> it was the, it was like it was a whole article about like is it weird for like single grown men to have cats? And I, I was to, like I'd never thought about it. I had it. to be honest. It is I've never seen a bunch of guys who love their cats. The cats is like, like I've Charlie, never seen. It's usually girls or something. Charlie runs a like a man or he is a true 
Like, he should be a figure. He doesn't see anything. He just likes the attention straight up. As long as you touch him, he doesn't care what, what you are, what size, what shape, what color. You don't have nothing. a choice to, to touch him. He'll crawl right up Exactly. On and that's kind of how Charlie came into our mm-hmm. lives, though. It's not like we were just, like, down and, like, looking for this it's cat true. to accompany. You yeah, know I didn't go I'm looking like, for a yeah. cat. <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't go. <laughs> he yeah. Run out yeah, like, he came walking. He found us. He adopted us, for yeah. sure. And Whatever it's funny. you guys say. You ever, okay, so, you know, people always do this thing, and it makes me laugh. It's uh, when people talk about animals and pets and things. Mm-hmm. They give them human characteristics. Like, oh, Charlie's such a jerk today. He's being such a grump. And you got to remember that, like, animals don't think the same way humans do. When Charlie walks into the house and he nuzzles you on the face with, like, the side of his mouth and your arm, you're like, oh, look, he's happy to see you. No. What Charles is doing is he's marking the territory yeah, yeah. and the stuff that's in his lair. He's like, this all belongs to me. Anything bury that I touch. Stuff. Yeah, bury yeah. me with my stuff. Yeah, bury me with my money. This is all mine. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, uh, and that actually references something else that uh, happened to you this week, Justin. You've been waiting for about a month and a half for your Raspberry Pi yes. uh, to become complete. Uh, we'll yeah, talk about that see, in a second. See, here's the deal about buying illegal software. Things take time. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Have you know what a Raspberry Pi is? No. Did I mean, you, I know what a Raspberry Pi but Yeah, It's not Raspberry Pi, which I would be very it. excited about. Um, did you see that little hard drive-looking device that's next to the TV yes, when we I walked did. in? Yeah, it looks like a little motherboard. Yep. That's what the Raspberry Pi is. And Justin, you can explain. It's it's, it's like a single serving processor, so they're only $35. But they're geared to do maybe specific things, like be a security camera, yep. home entertainment center. Yep. So it's not as as big and robust as a computer, but you can do very specific things with it. Yep. And one of them is the arcade card, or the arcade, the arcade system card, or whatever. Yeah. So we okay. have all of the games from Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Game Boy, arcade set, Game uh, Neo Geo is on there. Like, uh, thousands of old video games. You guys games. need to talk to my husband, because he made something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was like, all you could see were the internal pieces. Yeah. And he had it all made underneath the... Yep. It's very popular now. It's coming into vogue. It's like a thing that people... I'm telling you, this I've is like... I've had the piece for a year, and been trying to make it myself. But it's him. like one of those things where I would get the wrong card with the wrong speed, or put the wrong thing on and I just gave up on it and finally I went on the internet one day I was like I'm just gonna see if someone out there is buy, like making these things and just send it to me and sure enough they did it's like 25 bucks it's pretty amazing actually it's much more impressive and intuitive and well designed yeah. than I gave it credit for so Dude, no um, nonsense you could go if you wanted games. to get the pie I'll show it to you afterwards. I'm if you want to get the pie a case controllers and a formatted already SD card to do what we did all weekend it would cost you like 60 or 70 dollars now so, like it's really is hours worth of time for about 60 bucks. I gotta ask you, because I was thinking about this as we were playing it, and it's not like there's something outrageous about this. You can get them on Etsy, you can get them on Amazon, you can get them yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Is this illegal? Well, <laughs> like, it's not, it's obviously not illegal, right? Like, it's, it's... mine. I right, no, no. And I can do what I want with but it. But I'm saying, it's <laughs> not like, you didn't have to go on the deep web to get it. You can buy them anywhere. It was on eBay. Yeah, exactly. Do I you mean, know what I'm saying? in like, fairness, when the guy finally sent me the card weeks later, it just came in the existing SD package, ripped in half, that he had, <laughs> that he had formatted the card, stuffed it back in, and just folded it over and put it in an envelope and sent it to me. I was like, oh, it's, look at that. It's already open and everything. Well, in of the, course it was, because he had to put the stuff on it. But. I think in the world we live in now, where people, like, share 17 Netflix accounts, like, what yeah. name? It's, I think it's all very dubious legal standing in today's world. Yeah. My God, put me in jail for playing old Sega games. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Throw, throw yeah. the book at him. What is it, like a $40 fine? You know? <laughs> I always thought about that when I was a kid because I used to like do the Napster thing, like download oh, yeah. music, right? And I was always thinking about this. They're like, oh, you're going to get in trouble. I'm like, what's going to happen? Are they going to come to my house and say, like, all right, you owe us $7 million for all the music you downloaded? I'm like, arrest me then. I don't have it. Like, what yeah, do you yeah. want? Like, what are you going to do to me? 
I'm all like, about putting people in prison for public debt. I think that's public debt. Yeah. <laughs> public that's how they debt. used to do it in Great. the old days. If you have money, you served it in time, and you started yeah. fresh when you were done. Yeah, in the old that's days, they also it. chopped your hand off if you stole something. It depends on where I'm you are. I'm not went. opposed to that either. Oh, my God. No. Uh, let's move along. <laughs> Heather. So soft. No. It's nice to have you back. Hi. Uh, I went to Taco Bell on the way home today. I'm so happy you did. And my mom had to bring me because my car was in the <laughs> shop. And we're gonna. <laughs> so, so okay, bad. so wait, who paid? And for the car, how about that? Good yeah, for yeah. You. Uh, we'll tell that story in a second. But my mom was driving me home from work to get my car at the shop again, second week in a row. <laughs> and she said, "She's like, can I get you something to eat? Can I get you something?" I was like, "No, no, no! Don't, don't give me, any, don't give me anything." She's like, "Can we get you something to eat?" I was like, "Just pull a Taco Bell, I'll get you something." I'm, I'm <laughs> asking her now because I think the story goes way different. She bought you the food. There's no way your mother just so, took your bank card or whatever and paid the Taco Bell waiting <laughs> Wait, you're driving you. you. Wait, okay. So I thought you meant that she paid for the car. No, she did no, not. She, she did pay for the Taco Bell. Snake. She did pay for the Taco Bell. Uh, that doesn't bother me. Come on. <laughs> I, if I if I had five bucks and I had a kid, I'd buy him Taco Bell. <laughs> It's not that big a deal. Point is, my mom doesn't go to Taco Bell. She doesn't know she doesn't know yeah. shit about Taco Bell, right? So she's like, "What do you want me to order? Like a taco?" I was like, "No." I was like, "Just lean back, and I'll yell over the top of you." The trophies. Um, she, but she cracked. She's funny. My mom. My mom is sneaky funny. Like, um, she. She's like, "What did you order to drink?" I said, "It's a Baja Blast." She's like, "That's what is it? Like, is it like a soda?" I was like, "Yeah, it's a soda, and it tastes better when you eat Taco Bell." Is what I was gonna say. But what she goes instead was, it tastes better when you're stoned? I was like, dear God, Mom. I'm like, come on. What is this, college? You picked me up from my job. <laughs> yeah, my, my real job on the way to school. Like, no. Uh, but yeah, good call, Ma. At least you know your references, I suppose, right? I gave She's her a nacho. She's She knows. I gave her a nacho fry. And she did. She was not impressed. I'm sure she was not. not. She probably makes really good food and knows how to oh, cook. For, yeah. Oh, my mom is a notoriously great cook. There you go. Absolutely insulting. I've had a couple it. people on Twitter blame me for having terrible meals because I've convinced them to try Taco Bell French fries. Well, it's not. Thanks, Pete. Uh, oh please! Oh Pete said it. Pete forgets. Shout out to Pete forgets. Uh, I have one other thing for you. It's just your wait, Twitter. Wait, call. wait. In fairness, did your mom ask you to come to dinner first and settle for getting you food after? No, I know you she's know notorious she, for you, trying you know to get what you she to offered eat food me? at her house. I'll give her credit. She cracks me up. She offered me. She's like, do you want? She's like, do you want me to like get you some dinner? I said, no, no, no I got. I'll, I'm gonna make dinner at the house. She goes, do you want me to take you to the grocery store? and get you some groceries. I was like, no, I have groceries. That's why I'm going home to make dinner. You don't have to do this. Just give me a ride to the <laughs> house. Right? Like, like, I, I appreciate you. And it's, caring mother. No, I know. Me with cats, no, look, I, no. I love her. <laughs> no way. I love her and I appreciate it. She thinks I'm blowing her off. What's really happening is I don't want her to have to go out of her way. Mm-hmm. It's not me mm-hmm. being like, hurry up and get me home. It's like, yeah. you, you don't have way. to do that. My mom right? is the yeah. exact same way. She buys yeah. me, I told you, it's uh, oranges and stuff. She always buys me oranges or pierogies or things yeah. like every time I'm there she's like just got this she's like alright cool so you can't Mom's tell her like no to do that. can't tell her no so we're 10 minutes into the show and we've talked about nothing except Taco Bell and, and Raspberry Pi and cats yep. which is a good way to start it's a good way to start uh, I do I do want to share a story with you Heather about what happened to me on Sunday because um, Justin you were here for this with my car while my yeah. car was in the shop Another yesterday car. okay so this is one of the most outrageous examples of what's wrong with Sam's car that we've ever had on this show. Like maybe the best segment we've ever done. It's its own podcast. All right. And let me and let me say this. Notoriously, I've never locked my car doors. It sounds irresponsible even as I say it. When I say it out loud, it sounds super Apparently irresponsible. Huh? It's true. And I've had I've had stuff stolen out of my car in the past. People have stolen CDs it out of my car. Like a very Justin thing to do. I, somebody robbed 
the speaker out of my car at the Walgreens on Genesee Street. You read those articles about how people have been getting their cars broken into? I'm one of those cars. Somebody went into my car looking for money, and they took my portable speaker. It's a real thing that happened. So I've been using Kevin's for a month and a half now. Um, but because of that, I've been gun shy to leave my car unlocked, obviously. The other side of this coin is I have a used car that I bought. It's not a new car. I bought it and I got the key they gave to me. Just a single key. I didn't have a key fob. I didn't have a secondary key. One key. <laughs> and it's part of the deal. And very, right? very firm. Very firm. One key thing. And tried. <laughs> because it's a 2007 car that's meant to have a key fob, there's only one actual manual yeah. lock on the car. So, okay, I go in a price chopper, right? I go in a price <laughs> chopper, I, I'm getting out of the car, and I actually had a 10-second debate in my head where I go, am I going to lock the doors? Yes. <laughs> All right? So I, I lock the doors, I close them behind me, I go in a price chopper, I come back out, it's starting to rain. I go over to the car door to unlock it no. with the key, and what do you know? I put the key in, and it will not turn. Just Jam will not move left and right, cannot unlock this door. So I'm sitting out there struggling, struggling intensely for five, six minutes, getting covered in rain. People are looking at me like I'm a maniac, like I'm trying to break into somebody's car. <laughs> right? That's what I would think. That's what I would and that's saying a lot because South Utica has frequent visits from Rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are the, yeah. The, the, the crazy, <laughs> like the, just the attraction that day. That's good. So, <laughs> so. I'm in there, and I'm just, like, getting real annoyed. My bag's on the ground, getting wet. You know what I mean? Like, my frozen food is melting. I'm like, this is like more frozen because right. it's freezing. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I don't know what to do. So I get frustrated, and this is the South Utica Price Chopper. So I said, to hell with this, and I walked home. I walked home. I dropped off my stuff. I called AAA, and I walk back, and I meet AAA over there. This is a young guy. Thank okay. God you called AAA because there was a brief moment if I wasn't going to that meeting that my solution was to come with you and coat wreck that shit. Yeah, well. Nano looked even more. They didn't want me How jimmy in that thing. That's all I was like, we could jimmy it if you need to. So the call tri- AAA first. The AAA guy comes and he says, okay, it's a Honda. And he, and he puts the thing in the door. And it's pretty crazy, actually. They have like a wedge yeah, and then like an inflatable pocket. pocket yeah. And they squeeze the pocket and it fills up with the air and it opens the door enough for you to get the thing. It's pretty oh, wild. It's pretty, cool. it's pretty cool, actually. So, okay, now this is where the story gets weird. Now, mind you, I can't turn the lock on the outside door, okay? So the guy pops my door, and once he does, my car alarm starts blaring, right? Anti-thift system starts going off. So now it's in the parking lot, door open, but the alarm's going off. So I get in the car, I put the key in, I turn the car on, the car starts, but the alarm does not go yeah. off. <laughs> My car does the same thing. Right? You the, do all, this is all classic criminal behavior. Classic criminal, <laughs> car does not go off. So now I'm sitting there like, mother, what am I going to do? Yeah. Right? Like, what am I going to do? So the guy is still there with me, right? The, the tow guy. So he goes, Yo, pop your hood. I'm thinking, I'm thinking he knows some yeah. sort of trick, right? So he pops my hood, pops the cap off the thing, takes the fuse out that turns my horn off. Like, pulls the fuse out of the thing. And he goes, your horn's off. Your blinkers are still going to be on for a minute, though, but they'll go off and you need to drive. I go, what? <laughs> I go, I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're going to have to go take it to the mechanic. Oh and I'm thinking to myself, God, if I just had not locked my car, I would have just been home and been fine, right? Lo and behold, I, I can't get the car to start, right? So even without the horn... I have the key in the car inside it, but the anti-lock is stopping my car from going into anything but park. Now the tow guy's already left, and I'm still stuck 
at Price Chopper. So I had to call AAA again. They <laughs> send another guy down, a different guy, to tow my car over to get my car fixed today, which they still didn't really fix. The lock's not fixed. They just gave me a key fob. They said, here's a key fob. We hooked it up so you can use the automatic key. Okay. But I'm like, yeah, but, uh, so I said to the guy as I'm leaving, I go, okay, but if this dies, am I locked out of my car? And he looks at me and he goes, yeah. And I was like, what the, what's the point? <laughs> what am I doing here? Why am I here? Here's your money, right? So this is so this has been another another so class. Was it, I mean, my car's here. Did they charge you an outrageous price for that key fob? I paid less than seventy bucks for the whole thing, for labor and part. That's so. that's good. It's not too bad. Anyhow, that's what's been that's going on with terrible. me. So this is why the why show. Why do you have like a button lock for it? That's what. You, that's what, what I got. Now, key yeah. fob. That's what they. Oh, they never gave me one. Have no, they didn't give me one. They had the alarm on there like that. No, I've been just opening. I, I mean, you want me to raise you a bad story that happened to me just this summer, actually. Sure. Um, when I, I rented the car to go down to Virginia to get my RV, remember? Yes, that I, whole that whole fiasco. Yep. And so I was driving down there alone and by myself overnight. I didn't stop. It was like a thirty-six hour trip. But on the way down there, I was relaxing per usual in the summer. No shirt, no shoes. You know, Not no problems. For you. Right? No shirt, no <laughs> shoes, no problems. Cruising Where's along. The scarf? I go and pull into a Walmart parking lot to literally stretch and take a break, and because it was 3 a.m. in the morning, I drove, I left Utica at, say, 11, got 3 in the morning, was taking a mid-range stop just to get out. I did the same exact thing, where the door, it was slow motion, where I'm like, is, is this that, like, yeah. is, this, is it locked, like, did I hit the right button? Like, sure. it, It's a rental car, too, so I hit a button thinking I unlocked the buttons but as i swung the door i'm thinking like i didn't like i didn't look is that no phone no shoes no No shirt i was in a walmart parking lot with a like a holiday inn right next door i walked in my sweats pulled up to my ankles no shirt no nothing i was like i explained right very clearly off the bat like uh, my situation was like i promise and so they had me use their phone I had to call my AAA. It took the guy an hour. I had to sit by the tire on the car with literally no clothes on. You know, can I for an hour? And that's... the guy popped the car. No, no joke. Forty-five seconds, maybe. Mm. It was a little like Fiesta or something. He came like, and I was like, oh god, I'm sorry to bother you. You know, were you living at this house with us when I got locked out of my car working at the insurance company in the winter time? Oh. I went up to the parking lot. It was like 9 o'clock at night. It was super dark out. There was nobody there. I get in the car. I turn the car on to turn the heater on. And it was just running. I remember It was that. running. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I close, I get out and I close the doors and I scrape in the ice. I'm scraping the ice. And then I open the door and I go back to the door and it's locked and I go, no. And I go to the other <laughs> side and I go, no. No, no, no. And all the doors are locked. I'm like, no. I checked all four. Like I was like, damn, no. Uh, so... The only person who had a key to my car was Cliff, who's in South Utica. I'm in Oriskany, so I have to call Cliff and Kevin. They had to drive up here with my key. And the worst part is waiting for the people to get there. Yeah. I called more people in my phone book than I've ever oh, talked yeah. to. Like, I'm, I'm calling people I haven't it's talked crazy, to in months. Probably. I was like, hey, does someone talk to? I yeah, stand outside the gold. We used to have a phone off there, yeah. I was like, oh, I would have been in a My car was running yeah. the whole time, too. That was the kicker of the whole thing. I just sat there yeah, with a the nice warm car freezing. <laughs> I was like, Harvard, I've tried to put the sweatpants around my whole body. <laughs> All right, you laugh, but it's true. Let's move. Uh, Sad, so, but true. I'll give you one last thing that we talked about before, about this car thing that happened to me. Okay. Um, you ever heard of the phrases Shlemiel and Shlemazel? No. Shlemiel and Shlemazel, it's, they, it's from the, like the Laverne and Shirley. Shlemiel, okay. Shlemazel, Hasbeth Incorporated. It's a real Jewish-Yiddish phrase, right? Mm-hmm. And it's about, uh, there's two types of fools, the Shlemiel and the Shlemazel. 
The shlemiel is the person who drops their soup. And the shlemazel is the person who they gets the soup dropped on them. Okay. I'm trying to figure yeah, out yeah. which one I am. I think I'm... I think you're mixed. I'm both, right? I think <laughs> I think I, I'm somewhere both. in the mizzle. I'm both the shlemiel <laughs> and the shlemazel. I'm like Jerry Shemiel from Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, you can merge them probably. <laughs> Jerry, yeah. Yeah, that's where you are. You just... So uh, we did have some news stories I wanted to cover, but we're already 18 minutes in. So I guess we'll just talk about uh, the two local ones for now. Um, and I guess we should say this week's interview, uh, uh, Rachel Daughtry from uh, Compassion Coalition, you know, they're down at uh, at 509 Lafayette Street. They're in line for being in the way of construction for this downtown hospital as it comes to be. So uh, she has pretty strong opinions about the anti downtown hospital movement in general because it doesn't seem like they've left them much option for what they can do. Uh, this is out of the OD today. This is uh, another former Uticast guest. Brett Truitt is in here uh, because he signed a contract and made a deposit on a property at 442 Lafayette Street uh, and he's doing it hopefully to stop the hospital. That's his real quote. Um, so I think it's interesting and I'm not here to, <coughs> to make a judgment one way or the other because talking to Rachel... Um, Probably the first time I've had somebody who is directly, directly affected with their business where I was like, I see the point you're making and I can see where it's very frustrating. And I guess my thought is this. This is a much more passionate and divisive issue and contentious issue than I thought it would have been initially. And I was wondering if you guys are feeling the same kind of way. Absolutely. I've been following her too and her story and what they're going through. And (coughs) it really made me think about the other side of it. I've been, personally me, I've been against the hospital the whole time. Sure. So, um... But watching what she's gone through and how she's trying to make this work and them really not offering her anything in return for having her move um, shows just how much they really don't care about the people. I I don't want to step on her interview too much, but one of the things she said, I asked her straight up, I said, you know, what happens, what can you do, like, what are your options now if this goes through? She said, nothing. Like, she really was like, there's, yeah. And they're doing so much with me, which everyone will hear, but um, it's still sad. Justin, you got any thoughts about this at all? Yeah, it's just, uh, it goes, like, because I don't even know where on your notes we get into the gun thing, because it falls back into that, to the, a very similar type of logic with the with the whole concept. No, and I, I just mean, like, just think out all of the stuff, right? Like, we're kind of jumping to conclusions on everything right now, right? right? It's like, either you go or you don't, like... Where are we on this middle ground? Like, is is buying the property to stop something the solution, or is there a way to incorporate the property? Like, right. where are we with this divide that continues to allow it to be, it's either this or I have nothing? Like, that's the part that I don't get, so I can't jump and say I'm for or against it. I'm just against right. both at this current moment for the <laughs> failure to communicate over what's best for an actual geographic area yeah. in downtown Utica. It doesn't seem that complicated. I don't think, I don't know if this is the context <laughs> of the way it's written in the article that I'm reading or if it's the way it was actually said. But the quote here was to quote, hopefully stop the hospital, and then the other guy added, and then restore it. My hope is that buying it and restoring it is the first priority, not buying it just for the sake well, of... Well, don't get an opportunity to restore it if you're not... Right. Not, it's, not it's, it's the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole premise of their argument down right. there is that you're removing that <laughs> natural ability to to choose to do so, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it go, it's... I don't know, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't like the idea of large corporate... It's like, going to take a lot of like commercial that. space to build other right. things in the future. So if Utica continues to grow... 
we've lost all that space. Yeah. Um, and also, I admire Brett for what he's doing. Oh, yeah. The no, fact sure. that he's like, I, you know what? I'm just going to buy this building, well, and I'm going to do everything I can. He's doing everything in his power there is, to, to stop that. And you got to admire somebody well, there's for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Regardless no, which I, side it's going yeah. on. My, uh, we, I know. We said to you, like, um, something, and this came back up. And, like, that's one of those things is he walks the walk and he talks the talk. Mm-hmm. Like, so when he supports doing things in down he does it he's buying property mm. nobody else is the city could have bought that property like or seized it or whatever like he's doing things he's allowed to do as a citizen and i don't think you whatever his reasoning is he's just doing what he's allowed to do that any three of us could go do the same thing right now did you read uh Br- mayor palmary's quote about it uh no his quote was this city cannot and would never intervene in private transactions however it's unfortunate that a small number of property owners are considering selling their buildings but won't give mbhs an opportunity to coordinate a walkthrough or conduct an appraisal and make an offer i don't again i've heard people have gotten offers. i don't know it all seems very cloudy the whole thing seems yeah. very muddled there's a ton of stuff going on there that's gonna i don't know i don't even want to get into it just because sure. of conversations just... in general without i'm not throwing anybody under the bus about just talks and things that no I you're right yeah, yeah. here and there or whatever but like well it's tough because you talk to enough people where you hear the stuff that we can't say right you know I mean? and so, on both yeah. sides and yeah. they're both very very yeah. valid but it's it's going to be it's just going to be messy and the ultimate thing mm-hmm. is so I'll give the best analogy, actually, though, of, of where I sat with it, because I talked to Beth today from the market, helping her, like, doing some stuff with the website. GFOP Beth Irons. Yeah. Folks. Um, she just made a comment, like, just something when we were talking about um, just areas in general, is that we, at one time, had an option to have 81 here um, and pass through, and we chose not mm-hmm. to because we didn't want it to be a dumping ground for DOT trucks or whatever right. the case may be. And it went to Syracuse, and they're five times bigger than us. Keep those things in the back of your mind as we're evaluating solutions, but like also remember there are people who've owned those businesses for a long time and have made a home there. Like there's got to be a solution to both things, but you got to be careful about what kind of economic opportunities you pass up because you don't know who's going to get it if we don't. Uh, that's good. It's a good point. Um, I had more stuff, but we are much farther than I expected to be at this time. It's not a complaint. It's good. Thought it was good. Uh, all right. So let's move on from that. We won't talk about Claudia's comment for today then, Heather. I was going to drop that on you. We're going to talk about Claudia, talk about how all these uh, these school shootings come from the Democrats. Or... I know, right? I guess I'm going to sh- shoot things because I'm a Democrat. I mean, like, I, <laughs> I, I look, I, I kind of get, like, I always understand why people say the things they say, especially in politics today, because, I mean, a lot of people were talking about her after that, right? Good or bad. Like, she... It is what it is. You know, it's very obvious I don't like her. I, I'm obviously biased. I've had Bernice on the show many times. Um, I just think if I'm looking at it from a non-biased perspective, it seems like a bad decision to make. Just like from a political... I feel like if I'm her political analyst, I'm like, don't say that. Like, so is no one telling her not to say that? She like, is she, who knows if she's... <clears throat> Remington's a big area here, obviously. And sure. like what district and all that type of stuff falls into it, it still has economic impact and, right. and lingering reaching things mm. so it could gotta be careful about the bait stuff too um because she's kind of in an area with people more attached to guns than sure than, it still isn't necessary to uh, say anything and, and like not that. even That's that but she it could just even just so be posturing for some other thing to bring out something brindisi does or says and go after him and it would attack it like bring into an area like to just do, she got the attention she wanted. She got people at least conversing about her. Like at this post, point, that's probably better for her than nothing. I, I guess, put the post up, and people wrote on there. They're like, <laughs> "I give her a lot of credit. She said what people are thinking." And I'm like, "Oh, but it's not even. I couldn't even argue with the people. I couldn't even. I didn't well, want to." Justin, <laughs> you put. It, did you post the made you to good thing about it? Oh, no, you guys yeah. I thought it was interesting because you very specifically don't 
like to post politics on there. So I was sort of surprised that yeah. you decided to post it. But it was it was an issue that a lot of people were talking I about around it, here, so well, it makes sense. It's just one of those things that she's your representative, and we deal with enough crap here of like this is if this person's the what people are associating with this area, comments like that are just nonsensical. You know, mm. save that for your like ritzy dinners and shit. You know what sure. I mean? Like do the yeah. Mitt Romney uh, percentage yeah. thing when no one's supposed mm. to be watching. Like say it then. But, like, <clears throat> you just make it sound like everybody here is either has a mentality of, you know, that type of thing. And then it does invite the thing. It's like, well, they have a gun factory there. Of course there's a thing. You know what I mean? Like, don't bring in these things that are just unwanted to people that we didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like, leave that attention away from this district, please. We don't need to be focused on that. Yeah, keep that business down in D.C. And I don't know if uh, Claudia or Brenda C. will end up in D.C. in the end of 2018. Uh, but I know someone who's in Washington, D.C. right now, uh, currently as we speak, and that's this week's interview, Rachel Daughtry from the Compassion Coalition. She is the director of agency relations. She's in D.C. doing some Compassion Coalition-based work right now as we speak. Uh, it was really, really Wait, nice. another Hangouts interview? Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You got the fever. The now. Google oh, Hangout was oh. fun. It was too bad you couldn't have seen that, Heather. It was yeah. quite the experience. I thought, so that was tricked for me. I was like, wait, you're doing more Hangout interviews now? Is this show <laughs> no, over no, with? This was right before she <laughs> left. Oh, okay, okay. This was right okay, before okay, she okay. left for DC on uh, last Friday. But um, yeah, uh, they've been doing some wonderful work. Compassion Coalition, nonprofit organization providing community assistance. They've been around for almost 19 years now. A lot of people don't know Jeez. that. Uh, between their food insecurity work, between their work with the Bargain Grocer and uh, Teacher Resource Center, all the other things they're doing. Really phenomenal organization. Uh, and Rachel's a great representative. So let's get to our interview with Rachel Daughtry. research before you come in to sure. see what's going on and I want to say that during my research or maybe you told me I'm not remember at some point in time while I was preparing for you I you're going to DC this week I am I am you're leaving like right after this I'm going to, <laughs> yes I am actually yes I'm going to two back-to-back conferences super exciting Ooh. but the most exciting part is I'm going without my kids nice so I'm going to do adult things for nice. a whole week <laughs> you have plans at all for what you no, want to do no I'm so excited a bunch of my friends lived there so they gave me some great spots to hit up have you ever been there before only one time back hmm. in 2002 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just went there with my job with the the kids from school, and we brought them there over the summer last year. Um, and it was great. Uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, if you ignore all the politics and just go look at the right. stuff that's there. It's great. It's a great time. Uh, and what's nice about D.C. is that all, I'm sure you heard this a million times, all the museums are free, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And if you get a chance, I would say Smithsonian Art Museum, where mm-hmm. they do all the, the photos yep. and stuff, or the photo gallery there, the it's excellent. It's wonderful. Is there anything Definitely. you're excited for? No. Uh, well, yes. I'm going to a food tank conference. Nice. So um, I'm excited to meet some of 
the young entrepreneurial people mm-hmm. who are working to reduce food waste. I'm like, I kind of fangirl when I go to those events. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so that's what I'm most looking forward to. And I'm actually going to um, research a new program that we're hoping to bring to Utica. Oh, very nice. Uh, and so that's... So it's a working trip. Yes, yeah. Uh, okay. I get excited about that stuff. Like, it's fun to go to, you know, I, I am going to go to the museums. I went to the Smithsonian before. I love it. Mm. I love the Holocaust Museum. I did that. I want to do that again. It's, it's, uh, it's moving. Yeah. It's a very moving yep. experience. So I definitely want to hit that up again, but... I'm excited to meet some of the people that yeah. I've, you know, when you sit into a, a room with them and then they want to talk to you one-on-one, hmm. I get, I really do fangirl. <laughs> it's kind well, of embarrassing. Well, uh, I won't try and make you stay here all day because I'm sure you want to pack and be ready. Uh, of course, we are talking to Rachel Doherty. I said it right? Is it Daughtry. 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 Okay. Yeah, like the singer. Uh, like the singer. Yeah. I didn't want to say like the singer, so I was like, I'm going to announce the other way. Rachel Daughtry, it's a pleasure to have you here. You are the director of Agency relations. Yes. All right. That's a very professional sounding. Title. Yeah, it's a title. <laughs> what? What is? You know. It's, uh, and you were with the Compassion Coalition yes. for going on seven years now. No, no, no. I've oh. only been at Compassion for two years. Two years. Yeah. Oh, you've was, been working. Uh, I've been working in the human service field. Sure. For, okay. Yeah. Well, there. See, years. you yes. see how good my research. Is. <laughs> uh, but before we get into all that, uh-huh. uh, Rachel, where were you? Where were you born? Where are you from? I'm from Herkimer. Herkimer. Graduated from high school. Moved to Seattle. Okay. Uh, I met my husband there, came mm. back, went to Utica College. Um, and so you went to Seattle first and Yeah, came back. yeah, mm. yeah. I took like a, you know, a year off, mm. went to Seattle. I did the Seattle thing, and then mm. I decided, you know what, I think I want to go to UC, came back, went to uh, UC, and uh, my husband and I started dating, and mm. then moved back to Seattle. Okay, so you've been back and forth. Yeah, twice to Seattle. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yep, and so then... Um, my senior year at UC, I went to school for economic crime investigation, and I minored in forensic accounting. And so the last semester, you have to do an internship. And so I started my internship with a police department out in Seattle. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What were you, now, uh, you said economic crime investigation. Mm-hmm. What is that, so what was your plan in terms of like a job, quote unquote, <laughs> right? Like if you're telling somebody what you do for a living, what would you tell them? So a lot of uh, it is you're working with banks and banks different market. things, uh, okay. especially because I had minored in forensic accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, but my whole... You're a numbers person. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I, you know, it was so funny because it was like the it thing to go to school for. Sure. And so as soon as I started working in the field... When I was working in this police department, mm. they put me in the victim's crime unit. And so, you know, it was a lot of uh, elderly people calling because somebody had hacked their bank accounts or something like that. And I was like, oh, I don't really like doing this. This isn't really my thing. Well, I was kind of curious. Like, what, yeah. uh, if you To get into some sort of, like, justice-type yes. job, right, you have to have mm-hmm. some sort of drive yes. for, yeah. like, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I want to say justice again, but, like, right? Like, right. you want to exactly. see people... Uh, have them done right by people, right? Exactly. Did that uh, something you always felt? Well, Did you like working yeah. in this victims' crime yeah. unit? It started to spur me. I started the ver- very first case that I worked on mm. with a was a quadruple homicide. Mm. So here I am, right out of college, and it had to do with children, and so um, that spurred me into more of working one on one with people. Not sure. so much the back end of what ECI really does. Mm. I knew that I wanted to really focus on mm. people. Can I ask you what your parents did for a living? <laughs> yeah, my dad is a pastor. Pastor, okay. All right, no, I'm curious. No, I'm curious because uh, I do, you know, I I'm work with... I'm a PK, so... <laughs> I work with, you know, my parents were teachers growing okay. up. Okay. Like, uh-huh. On both sides. And I do think that growing up... Oh, hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Charlie, the studio cat. Right up next the to the best. microphone. Um, 
you know, my parents grew up in the education sector, and there is a certain level of empathy that I think comes from working in the public sector and mm -hmm. seeing what these mm -hmm. kids have to go through. Mm -hmm. And I think growing up that having empathetic parents, yes. uh, like it, that osmosis exists yes. with the empathy that yep. you get. And I was wondering if that's something that you felt oh, growing 100%, up. Oh, 100%. My dad was someone who constantly was trying to, um, not trying, he really did live it. Like if somebody needed something, he would give them the shirt off his back, sure. literally. Or if there was something that we could tangibly do to help someone, he's the person to do it. And he still does it. He actually does it so much that I like have to say to him, like, okay, it's time to stop. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in New York City, uh -huh. uh, about six years out there. Uh -huh. And um, I had this, this girlfriend for a long time, many years, and she was very like emotionally connected to all the people. Like mm -hmm. She was very empathetic about it. And New York, if as you know, oh, is yeah. full of homeless folks, folks mm -hmm. who have nothing. And it's a reality in living in New York. You get cold oh, yes. to it, right? Mm -hmm. It becomes, I hate to say tire, tiresome, but when you get on the subway and someone spends mm -hmm. five minutes telling you a story, then the next subway car, someone does it again, and you mm -hmm. get out. And it's it's not like, oh, my God, it's just, God, it's so overwhelmingly yeah. depressing. Like, How is this 50 cents yeah. going to help somebody? And especially when you're struggling yourself, when you're like, yeah. how do I have? Because mm -hmm. I noticed that empathy tends to exist in people who don't have much to give. It's really right? true. Yes, mm. for sure. Uh, now, certainly the empathy thing carries over to your current position. Yes, uh, yes. With the Compassion yep. Coalition. Uh, however, before we get into that, I want to ask you about Seattle before yes. I get too far uh -huh. away because I have it written down yeah. here. Why did you initially decide to go all the way across the country? Did you, was you just drawn we there? We had family friends yeah. there, and uh, I had gone out to visit, mm -hmm. and it was absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people kind of assume that it's always rainy there. Sure. It's not. It is like it drizzles. You know how we get, you know, hard downpouring rain? Oh, yeah, all the time. Never happens. <laughs> and so you have to see it to believe it. Like, I used to drive to work in the morning, and there would just be these gorgeous snow-capped mountains However, with that yeah. comes the cost of living, as you know, sure. just like in New York City. How would you compare like the lifestyle? Did you did you enjoy the West Coast? Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it was so hard for me because I grew up here in mm. Utica, yeah, yeah. but I travel a lot. My mom's actually from New York City, and so I would spend all my vacations from school down there with my aunts and uncles and grandparents. And so when you move to Seattle, you're talking about becoming yeah. very very cold. <laughs> Everyone in Seattle is warm and friendly. Like you can't yeah. cross the street without everyone, even people who you would assume like would just keep their head down, sure. saying hello to you and asking you how you are. Mm. And they're genuine about it. Mm. So it's very funny. Well, that's interesting too. And huge it's, drastic change. It, it's funny. <laughs> that's one of the things that I think. Um, it's funny, living in New York, I noticed it a lot, but even just in general, I think today we're much more inclined as people to just put up shields. Oh, be like, I'm, for sure. Because we don't trust anybody Absolutely. anymore, right? You always yeah. think somebody's out to like, get you, <laughs> yes, yes. right? That's like this, yeah. general, this person's out to get me. I'm smarter than them. I'm not going to let them out <laughs> yeah. to me, right? Uh, and it's just, um, and I want, like, I'm sure that it's just years of growing up being like, you know, watch out for yourself. But... But again, like there's a fine line, like when to be empathetic, when to be yeah. Like you have to have boundaries. Yeah, boundaries. And Absolutely. Sure. Now, I gotta ask. So mm -hmm. You go to Seattle. Mm -hmm. You come back for you to Went college. To college. Yep. You go back to Seattle. Yes, because I got married, yeah. and so um, I got married my senior year at UC, mm -hmm. and so uh, we thought that we would move to Seattle, and that's where we would live, and then. What year is this, if you don't mind me? This was, uh, oh gosh, I got married in 2006. So 2006, this was 2006. Okay. All right, so you're back in Seattle. Don't tell my husband that I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> hey, listen, there's a lot going on these days. Hard to remember every little detail. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, so that was 2006. Hmm. So we moved home 
officially in 2007. 2007, mm-hmm. so just a year out there again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what did you expect when you came back to Utica? As someone who uh, left Utica and came back. <laughs> I, You know what, honestly, what brought me back was family mm-hmm. and the feeling yeah. of, you know, everyone is coming ho- It's home for me. Mm-hmm. And so there is um, a warmth about Utica and a warmth about the Mohawk Valley, and this is where I knew that I wanted to raise my family. Um mm-hmm. And the cost of living didn't hurt either. <laughs> sure. Well, I wonder, because, you know, I left for New York. I was a young man. Mm-hmm. And there was that, like, I'm never coming back to Utica. But I think there's it's one of two ways. Some people leave Utica and have, like, a very, like, negative yeah. Uh, yeah. feeling about it. And some people leave it with sort of a warm feeling. I'm curious. Like, you've gone back and forth. Did you, was there a point in time where you're like, I'm not coming back to Utica. This is it. I'm oh, when I was Seattle. 17 and I moved to <laughs> yeah. Seattle, I was yeah. like, I'm never coming back here. Are you kidding me? But I got to be honest. We... We are very cognizant to uh, see other places. Sure. And so I always enjoy coming home. Mm. Does that make sense? Of course. Of course. When I start to get a little bit jaded, because it does, it's hard. Like, even now, like, you know, we go through these months of winter that I I have to get out and I have to go somewhere else. I I always tell my, it's funny, I tell my kids at school when they complain about the weather, I'm like, it's good for you. It builds character. Which is a lie to them. Like I don't. They don't know that I'm lying. They, I th- well, I think they. They think I'm lying. I'm telling them the truth, but I know in the back of my head I'm lying. I'm like, I wish it were nicer out. I just yeah. wanted to be yeah. a little bit nicer out. So that's the thing. I, I'm. We're very cognizant to travel a lot, sure. um, as much as we can. And by the end of the trip, I'm always happy to come home and not have to deal with traffic and different oh, yeah. things. You know. Oh, so. Yeah. That, so that helps me stay non-jaded. <laughs> all right, so I've I've pushed it off a little bit. Let's get into the meat of this here. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about the Compassion Coalition. Yes. Uh, at Compassion Coalition, I'm reading this directly from the website, mind you. <laughs> uh, it is your mission to serve the underprivileged, the needy, the poor, the afflicted, and those lacking opportunity and basic life necessities, uh-huh. such as affordable food, clothing, housing, transportation, employment, and finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are a non-profit community organization. You've been around for almost 18, yeah. almost 19 years yeah. now, right? You're yeah, we to, just right? hit 18, yes. Mm. Uh, how did you first get involved with Compassion Coalition? So, this is hilarious. You're going to laugh. I love it. My dad started Compassion Coalition. Mm, really? He, really? He uh, is the mastermind behind huh. it. Now, this is where it gets even funnier. <laughs> when I was going to school in 2006, yeah, yeah. When, or I'm sorry, in 2001, I was heading out to Seattle. Sure. Okay? Yeah. So, that is when it was birthed. It was really in the year 2000, right? And so he would come home and he's like, I really feel like, you know, the nonprofit sector is missing this target. I'm going to start this program. And I, I was like such a little brat. I was like, did you get your warehouse yet? Did you get your warehouse? <laughs> and so, and he did. And he genuinely, and it's so crazy because, you know, people always say, oh, well, you know, is she just there because her dad started? It's sure. not. Like he had asked me about six years ago because I had worked in the human service field so long and I really do have a passion for this. Will you come and just work per diem? Yeah and get some programs. I was like, no, I was a substance abuse therapist. And so I loved my job. I said, no. And so about two years ago, he said, uh, Medicaid redesign was introduced. I'm sure you're aware of that. And so my job became more about paperwork than people. I was losing clients at a rapid number to the opiate uh, crisis. And so it got to the point where I had to take a look at what I was doing and say, okay, what can I do to better assist this group? And what can I do to not become hard hearted? Um, because this is just too much for me. And so I said, I'll come down per diem yeah. and I'll give you a shot and I'll, I'll, I'll come down <laughs> with compassion, you know? Very, so, yeah. Okay. So the board voted cause you know, because of family, you don't of have course, a board. And sure, so sure. 
they voted. And, and so they said, all right, come down. And from there, it just began to explode. Um, and so we have created all of these new programs, these new initiatives. We really um, realigned our focus because it's very easy to go off target, right? Yeah. Because when you have something that big in Utica, um, you're trying to, we get 12 to 15 tractor trailer and tractor trailers in a week of yeah. product. Yeah, yeah, product. That's yeah. 40,000 pounds of product every single week. It's 30,000 square feet in there. You have to be on your toes constantly, constantly thinking, yeah. where is this going to go? Yeah. Who can we help? Who can we serve? We need to get this out, but you want it to go to the right people. And that, of course, probably lies into like you want to hire the right people, make exactly. sure you have the right people exactly. in place who you trust. Exactly. To, yeah. Now, the the beautiful thing about Compassion Coalition, I don't know if you saw this on the, the website, is that we are totally self-sustaining mm -hmm. and we are a debt-free organization. Yeah. And so that means that we have a store in the front. It's open to the community. Yeah. Um, During with the neighborhood grocery? Yeah, you're a barn grocery, grocery. Yeah, yeah. yep. Yeah. So that's connected. That store sustains us completely. Mm. And so that is the vehicle that drives Compassion Coalition. A lot of yeah. people don't... It's a very, very entrepreneurial concept. Mm. And so... I've heard um, nothing but rave reviews about the store, by the Thank way. <laughs> when, how long has the store itself been open? The store itself has been over, open, I believe, for f 15, 14 or 15 years. What happened was, after the mm. first year... My dad is a business person through sure. and through. And so uh, my great uncles and my grandfather were all, they owned grocery stores and my grandfather was a produce distributor. And so you learn very quickly about food waste when yeah. you're working in those environments. And 40% of food is, is thrown out in America, perfectly good food. And so when you have a nonprofit, after the first year, he's like, we're going to go into debt to serve the needy. And then you have to go back to the same funding sources and say, hey, I need another year of funding. He said, there's got to be a better way. Hmm. So the store concept was twofold. One, it was to serve the food desert sure. where we're located, sure, sure, sure. to bring healthy food options, to save on food waste, and also to sustain the operation. And it's funny you say that because my next question was going to be about funding as a nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you, outside of the store, are you guys taking corporate like financing or outside financing? We do uh, write grants for different sure. things, but not really government grants. Mm -hmm. uh, only because, not because we don't want them, but right. there is a lot of things that come with those grants that actually it's hard to use them because there's so many loopholes to tell you how to serve, when to serve, who you can serve. And then you have to wait you know, a certain amount of time to get those, if you're going to get them at all. And so we've really made it that we're totally self-sustaining, that we can serve however, whenever, whoever. Yeah. So. Uh, and that location is 509 Lafayette Street? Yes. Right. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll come back to that a little bit later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. I want to talk a little bit about something I, we were going to talk about it in the show a few weeks ago. <laughs> And then I was going to wait till you came on to talk about uh -huh. it. And then I got that horrible flu outbreak last week. So oh, jeez, yes, yes. Um, it was about the, the food insecurity stuff. That yeah. You guys got some uh, some really wonderful coverage in the OD a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that food insecurity if people aren't familiar about the yeah. concept? I know. Everybody always yells at me about using the term food insecurity. Mm -hmm. They're like, it sounds like a disease. Okay, <laughs> So we all know what food insecurity is if, for those of us who don't. Yeah. Food insecurity, it means that there are people, and it could be anyone, it's really... Not it does not discriminate. Uh, they are not getting the daily nutritional value they need to sure. survive. Okay, so um, that is a huge issue. In Oneida County, it's 13.1% of our population. And so when you see that, people think, okay, well, I thought foods, you know, food stamps or SNAP takes care of that. 
No. There's a lot of people who are living paycheck to paycheck that, especially, you know, families, it's, it's expensive to feed your families. And so that's a huge issue, and that is one thing that we're working on very steadily and rapidly. And one of the things the article talked about is college mm-hmm. students as well. Huge, yeah, huge geez. issue, yeah. Uh, and I've talked about this many times in the show as yeah. a grad student yep. myself, an older grad student, but a grad student nonetheless. There is a false impression that yes. people get of people who go to college. Yep. Oh, they go to college. They must have a lot exactly. of money. Most people who go to college are are broke, yeah, and or living on loans or debt, yes, or heavily in debt. So uh, it's very common on college campuses specifically. I see it all the time. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, just started this program with MVCC was our first mm. college campus. We have a mini compassion coalition right there on their campus. It's beautiful. It's working wonderfully. Um, we hope to replicate that at other local college campuses. But that is a huge stigma that's attached to college oh, is yeah. that oh well you're getting all these these uh different you these know scholars or, or scholarships yeah, or different yeah grants and loans, yeah. room you know room and board those meal plans it, it doesn't oh yeah quickly. it adds up really quick or how about when you have like we have a lot of first generation mm. uh college students oh, yeah um, actually, 70% of the students at MVCC are living at or below yeah. the poverty level. You know that they're Pell eligible. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I know all about the Pell yeah. <laughs> So I was not a, uh, a well-to-do young gentleman yeah. growing up necessarily. Now, actually, what's interesting, you bring this up about the education stuff. You guys also do the teacher yes. resource center. Yes. My mom grew up as first grade teacher for many, many years, talked about that with me before you guys came in. She said, can ask about the teacher stuff. She gets mad when I where do that. She, where, where does she of, teach? Well, she's retired now. Uh, she's retired for many years, and she taught at Conkling yeah, and yeah. Columbus. Oh, so she was all over. You she's know. all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but she's been around for many years, and again, like she was one of those teachers who, of a certain era, yes, went out and bought uh-huh. all this stuff by herself. I don't know how yeah. she did it. Uh, but today's teachers, it's a struggle to keep even textbooks in the classroom, let alone Hello. stuff we need: yeah. papers, pencil, rulers, things like that. It's yeah. it's a struggle all the time. It's yeah. a $495 yeah. is what the average teacher spends in the United States a year on supplies. Talk to local teachers, it's much more than that. And so the reason that I started this program and the way that I designed it is, you know, it's it's very easy to assume what schools need. Yeah. And that's I think that's a, a major difference, too, about Compassion Coalition versus a lot of other places is we never want to assume the needs. We want to ask what the needs are and then meet those needs. Mm. And so... The whole driving force behind this is who knows better what their students need yeah. than teachers, right? Your well, mom, yeah. yeah, your mom was an elementary school mm-hmm. teacher. You have the same students coming in day after day, missing the same product. Mm-hmm. How easy is it just to be able to slip them the things that they need? Well, it's funny too how much of a difference it makes to have that stuff available for yes. a kid who doesn't have any of it. Exactly. Right? I have, uh, you know, I work for a, co- a company. We talk about it after the air that does some of those type of things for kids as well. Mm-hmm. We try and provide them with books, backpacks, notebooks, mm-hmm. pads, paper, stuff that they wouldn't, their parents are not buying for them. Yeah. They're not bringing for them. And it goes a long way. You know, yeah. you, kids are, especially my age kids, they're like seventh, eighth grade kids. It's hard to tell how earnest they are yeah. sometimes. If you give them something, oh, if yeah. it means something, they'll be like, here, I got something for you. They'll just look at you. Okay, thanks. But they, it's, once you see an action, like what it means to have yes. just something, right? Yeah. It goes a long way. It makes a huge difference. Uh, and for the teachers as well, it makes you feel good to be able to help It's amazing. Kids. Yeah. They're like little kids when they come in. Oh, yeah. So they literally, <laughs> it's like Black Friday or supermarket sweep, I say, because when they come in, they jump up and down. We've had teachers, you know, cry because they said, you know, nobody's ever done anything like this before. And it's amazing to see. It really is. 
I'm gonna, I'm trying really hard to let that supermarket sweep reference sneak by without making a comment on it. I just want you to know that Mr. Maiden Utica Justin Parkinson had been somewhat unaware of this television show. I showed it to him on Amazon Prime <laughs> a few weeks ago because my parents used to make me watch it growing up. He was both flabbergasted, enthralled, and disgusted at the same time, which is, I think, the proper reaction to have when watching Supermarket Sweep. So true. Or, as you say on an Amazon Prime Supermarket, Supermarket Sweep 2000, because they changed it to upgrade it for the modern oh, sensibilities. Um, that is so funny. I'm going to move past <laughs> Supermarket Sweep. Uh, and I want to talk about something a little bit important. Yeah. Um, again, we've had a lot of people on this show over the past talk about Downtown Hospital and the effects mm-hmm. it's going to have. I think this show, in general, gets an impression of being a pro-downtown hospital show, I think, most of the time. Uh Although, uh, as I've said many times in the show, I have my opinions, people have their own opinions, we've yet to really pick a side, (laughs) necessarily, on this show. Now, uh, I know that your location, the 509 uh, Lafayette Street location, is a tenuous location, it overlaps Uh with the current contract of the Mm -hmm. hospital. Now, I'm not... I'm just asking from your side, like, what are your options that are available for you from your side? There are no options. No because, options no. for you guys. So we actually have an attorney. We have an excellent attorney that uh, we have uh, gained. And um, he's, I have to be very careful. I can't really, I'll tell you, I mean, but basically the offer that was made to us is so low that we can't move. Right. Okay. And so, um, you know, but we're going, we want to make sure that we're positive about it sure. because it gets very, very easy to throw mud and to mm-hmm. say negative things. And so we've always had the attitude that we do not want to stand in the way of progress. Who sure. are we to stand in the way of progress right. for our city? Mm-hmm. You know, and we love our local politicians. We've worked with them, you know, for oh, yeah, many, yeah, yeah, many yeah. years. Um, but at the same time, we want to continue doing what we're doing. Right. So that's that's where it gets a little bit tricky. So we are slated to be a parking lot and also a Serenity Park. Mm. We were not in the first two blueprints. We found out through the OD. So the biggest issue for us has been communication. There's been none. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally zero. Now you have to reach out to like the the mayor's office of this county. Uh, yeah, we've we've gone back this... and forth with everyone. Yeah. You know, every single office. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what? I always tell people, it's. We don't want to stand in the way of progress. Right. What what we want is clear communication and mm-hmm. to just move. What we've said is, keep the offer. Yeah. Just find us a building and bring us the keys. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and certainly well, not like there's not lots of buildings floating and around. And that's but the problem is is that you have to think and and you mm-hmm. you're all very well aware is we're in a totally functional building. Sure. And so when you start to get into some of the older buildings yeah, and right. we've been looking, mm-hmm. you know, you get into the asbestos issue and cleaning it up and so. We're, we operate debt-free, and so for us to... We're putting up a new store right yeah. now, and so that right there is already a big, sure. huge move for us, and so we just can't possibly... Yeah, you know, and I, I you know, I'll, I'll say simply on this mm-hmm. issue, um, when we talk about this stuff on the show, mm-hmm. it's important to remember, you know, when we pick sides, quote-unquote, right. right, there's there's impact on all sides. Like, it's Absolutely. not... It's, there's not probably ever going to be a clean smooth way to do no, this and no. I hope that things go in a way that you guys don't get kicked to the curb because some technicalities or well some I will nonsense, say right? I, the the greatest thing and the, the worst thing about this mm. is that we have actually had two offers from mm. other cities to move there mm. and so I just would hate to see yeah. Utica lose you know what I mean right, I'd hate exactly. to see Utica lose out on Compassion Coalition mm. uh, for another city to obtain, obtain us it, yeah, right. it's that's where it's kind of tricky. 
So no, I understand, and it's a very complex issue. And yeah. I'm sure we've not yet heard the end of it. No. And, uh, I, think we, I think we I think we went through that <laughs> pretty gracefully, right? I'm, yeah, I'm sick of hey, hearing about discourse, it. Though. Right? <laughs> and it, it's funny too, like it's when you think about stuff like this, and you work with like local politicians yeah. and. Especially around here in local areas with a small town, you see these people all the time. Oh, They're just normal people yes. in the streets and cities. And it's like you you do business with them, but you also have to remember it's like this person lives in my community as yes. well. You want to try and... And they have children. Yeah, Hello. Yeah. You know, that's where I, it's yeah. very hard for me because it's... You, we, we always want to stay positive because yeah. I have kids. Mm-hmm. I would hate for my kids all Google. They're five years old, oh, and yeah. my son knows how to Google. Oh, you know, yeah. and so they're better than we are. Most of the time. Ex- exactly. <laughs> you know, my son knows how to. My ten year old knows how to code, and that's what I always say: is you that's have to future, remember. Ex- yeah, that's, and he's smart. oh, I know. Good job with I that. Smart. So that's the thing: is I always want to remember that you know there's other mm-hmm. people's lives involved mm-hmm. as well. So, well, let's get to something a little more lighthearted. Yes, shall we? please, all right. please. Uh, so you said you have three sons? Yes, I do. So I'm I'm fearless. I'm scared of nothing. So <laughs> I was gonna say uh, this is sort of whenever we have. Uh, guests on who have children we had like, give a little advice for young parents out there any advice for the young parents who are oh overworked and uh, overwhelmed <laughs> you know what honestly I, I feel like I'm I'm overworked and overwhelmed <laughs> I, you know we had the first two boys and then we went to three boys and I say that it's like getting thrown into the deep end and yeah you know, you're drowning and you're wondering like, when can, when is somebody going to throw me the life vest? And, and nobody ever throws you the life vest, but it's, it's, they're all totally self-sustaining now. Right. So it really does go by quickly though. And that's the one thing is, you know, people say enjoy every moment and, and survive every moment. Yeah. Boys. It's, it's legit. You have to, like we've been in the emergency room so many times. My kid is literally the kid who fell backwards and cracked his head open at school. Oh yeah. I see. This is the story I get from my mom all the time. I am the youngest of three. Uh, by about 10 years. I have two older sisters, and I'm the youngest. I'm the only boy. So my problems tended to be of a physical nature. My sisters would do, like, some mental or psychological <laughs> yeah. warfare. they do something to make you hurt in the inside. They'd say some mean stuff. Me, yes. I'm the one who's like, we have to take Sam to the emergency yes. room. And they're like, why? He thought he was the macho man Randy Savage. Uh-huh. He jumped off the bed and he oh. hit the radiator. And so it's, it's a different world of, like, with a little Venn diagram in the middle so where they true. overlap. <laughs> So true. See, it could have been yeah. worse. Girl, it, you, you, your boys will always love you because boys it's are absolutely. boys are dumb and loyal. At least growing up, like absolutely. I, <laughs> I say that all the time. I say that all the time, and they really do. Like you know, but the thing is, and then I think about my husband. I'm like, geez, some girl's gonna come along someday, and they're gonna like <coughs> take my kids away. Like I don't yes. know if I'm okay with that. Yes, get ready for it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> all right, so uh, I'll move on to one last. Uh, before we get to lightning round, I was gonna call you out about being a Seattle Seahawks fan because I didn't know all your Seattle background. I was like, why uh, are you? Because I, uh, I yeah, assumed you yeah. were like one of those people from Utica who was no, like, I like the Seahawks. No, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I was never a fan. I used to make fun of my husband when we lived out there. And then um, when they went to the Super Bowl, he had like uh, kind of wagered something sure. with me. And so I was like, I am going to become a bandwagon fan. Oh, like, yeah, for I am sure. jumping on the train. Uh, <laughs> this year, I wasn't you know, too keen on football. but I'm a, uh, I'm a big soccer guy. I know there's a big... MLS uh, coalition for the Seattle Sounders. I know they're very popular. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that was around when you were there, but oh yeah, yeah one yeah. of our friends played for the Sounders. Really? Yeah, nice. Yeah, the yeah. Sounders. I like yeah. uh, what's this. So the Sounders have a rivalry with the Portland team, the yes. Portland Timbers. Yeah. And I only know about the Portland Timbers because they have a guy named Timber Joey <laughs> who cuts through a log every time they score a goal, and I think that's hilarious. So <laughs> so Portland. It's very so Portland. Portland. <laughs> Uh, and again, because I'm a huge Twin Peaks guy, because you're from the, is that Northwest Vibes, I have to reference, 
I know about Twin Peaks, and it's from the Northwest. So there you go. All right, that's it. I'll move on from that. Um, uh, Rachel Daughtry, I want to thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you. Uh, where can people go if they want to learn more about Compassion Coalition uh, and get involved? They can go right to our Facebook page, uh, www.facebook slash Compassion Coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually Compassion Coalition, Inc., because compassion is very, very popular. Mm-hmm. And then also distributehope.com. Mm-hmm. Very good, and I will put all those links for all the GFOP listeners out there. All right, uh, Rachel, it is that time. Uh, I want—I don't want to take too much more of your day. Are you ready, I'm ready. for the lightning round? These I'm are ready. the same five or six questions we ask everybody who's okay. been on the show since its inception. Uh, Rachel, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I take it with almond or coconut milk mm. and a tiny bit of sugar. Nothing mm. too sweet. Okay. I'm right. an almond milk latte fanatic, and I'm from. I lived in Seattle for so long, so I'm a coffee snob. Coffee snob. Yes. Like, like fancy coffee. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. See, I, I'm definitely not a coffee snob because, as I've told my kids at public events before, like I'll be walking around with a cup of coffee. They're like, "Is that coffee any good?" And I'll say, "No." But it was free. Yeah. So I'm not, this is a terrible cup of coffee, but I yeah. won't turn down to free coffee or cheap coffee because I'm not a, yeah, but I understand you. And I think it's funny too that like the almond milk thing is interesting. I don't do milk at all. I, I do, don't really do cow milk, mm-hmm. beef milk, whatever you want to call it. But I did, I did enjoy the almond milk mm-hmm. when I've had it before in the past. It's got a nice, mm. nice, I don't know if I could drink a glass of it, but it's nice like in my coffee. Yeah, try yeah. An, a cashew. Mm. Alt latte, mm. you gotta try one, but you have to get good quality cashew milk. Cashew milk, yes, that's next on my list. All right, yes. uh, what was your first automobile? I had a Kia. Uh, my uncles got it from like my uncles uh, yeah, went yeah. to the auctions. Sure, it was like one of those Kia SUVs, and it had a, a like a roof that that's you the, could yes, yeah, snap the roundy looking one, yeah, 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 yes. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was purple too. Does that count? That that's pretty good. That's well, awesome. You may or may not have taken your purple Kia to see it. Uh, what was your first live music event? Oh gosh, um, maybe John Mayer. John Mayer. John I believe Mayer. so. I believe it was John Mayer. I know we've talked about it on the show before, so I won't go too deep mm-hmm. into it. Uh, I respect John Mayer. I ride or die with John <laughs> Mayer. I think that John Mayer got a bad reputation because he got famous for writing a love ballad. But he's an excellent guitar player. He's like the closest we have yeah. to like an Eric Clapton type mm-hmm. for this era. And I think that sort of gets like shot under the radar sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, like your body is a wonderland and breathy lyrics. Oh, yeah. But for he's sure. a hell of a guitar player. He is. Yeah. You ever seen him live? Oh, since then? Like since oh, yeah, time? a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah. seen him mm. numerous times. Mm. Wonderful. Uh, along the same vein, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Master of None. You watching the first season or the second, second. season? Yeah, I, I just started the second season. Okay. I really enjoy it. I, there, are, there are not too many shows, I think, that do a better job portraying modern day like nuances of like love and love dating it. and it's it's really so good. it's really really well done. Are you a Parks and Rec person at all too? I loved The Office not Parks and Rec. I couldn't get into it. I need to try again. Okay so uh, if you want my advice most people will say pound through the first season so mm-hmm. you can there's only a couple episodes and it's not very good. Just start with the second season. Okay. You'll pick up you'll pick up figure out who everybody is fast enough. The first season much like The Office sort of like you're like Wait, what is this? 
What is this show? It doesn't make any sense. No, just skip past the first season. I'll give it a try. It's I'm definitely always looking for it. good shows it's to a, watch. It's very popular here at the Maiden Utica offices. Okay. Uh, if you could have dinner with any person, living or dead, who is not your relative, who would it be? Is it cliche to say Audrey Hepburn? No, no, that's not cliche at all. I, I would 100% say it because she was, yeah. She besides just being just classy and classic, Charles she the really shot. was... Um, Extremely mm. empathetic, and mm. she brought so much good to the world. What was your first like Audrey Hepburn experience? Grew up to watch like was it Breakfast? TV oh, I loved like, it. Yeah. Roman Holiday, Roman all Holiday. Of those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved every mm. single one of them. Mm. Very good. Yes. Um, all right, and uh, besides everything we've talked about already, giving back to the community, um, being a part of like defining people's lives, these underdeveloped communities. Mm-hmm. Give me one other thing that you, uh, Rachel Daughtry, are passionate about. I uh, well. Social justice issues, that's mm. huge. Mm. Um, but I also love photography. Photography, very I'm a nice. huge photographer. Is that like you did in college I'm and stuff too? I'm super passionate about it. Actually, no, my husband is a video editor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so... I love video editing. Yeah, and so that's how I got into it. And I'm super passionate about it. And mm. uh, it's like my therapy. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'll give you one to take home with you for your, mm-hmm. you can share it with your husband if you want. I'm a big uh, nerd about uh, movie editing and film editing and things like that. There's a YouTube channel. I promote it all the time. The guy's done with it. He retired, but uh-huh. it's called Every Frame is a Painting. Okay. And uh, it's basically short little documentaries about film craft. Awesome. About, uh, like, framing and, like, the way these films work and how what you can gain from moving left to right across the screen. It's really, it really, really nerdy... Film stuff. If you're ever looking for a good YouTube, don't worry. It has nothing to do with Tide Pods or. Well, Logan I thought Paul you were gonna say Casey Neistat because my husband loves it, and I just. I, I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know if that. Oh yeah, we'll talk. About <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rachel, uh, I do want to thank you uh, for joining us here in studio today. Again, uh, distributehope.com, yes. facebookcom backslash uh, Compassion Coalition. Uh, listen, best of luck going forward. Thank I love what you, you guys so much. are doing. It's a real pleasure. To Excellent. Have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my great pleasure. Uh, folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Thank you once again, uh, Rachel Daughtry. Uh, I'll put all the links for all the websites on here. I did mention them a bunch of times during the interview, but for the life of me, I don't remember what I did with the paperwork, so i got to go back and find all the web links. I'll do it afterwards. I say it like seven times right before we come back from break. you got to remember these are all edited. Um, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it, guys. Uh, so because Kevin's not here, uh, the history lessons are very minimal this week, and they're both music-based um, there's only there's three of them, but two of them tie together. I hate living in the past, so that's good. That's great. Wow, great. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so on this day, uh, 1973. Great year. Great year. Pink Floyd released Dark Side of the Moon. How many albums between 1973 and today of Dark Side of the Moon do you think Pink Floyd has sold? How many oh, millions of wow, copies? Wow, 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 wow. Um, I think I would know this. 500 million. That's a lot. That's high. No, it's very high. It's going to be like 83 or something. 45 million. 45. That's close. Yeah, I thought it was over. That's very close. Uh, why am I bringing this up? Well, 
number one, I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. Uh, and I think it's interesting. I wonder sometimes, I'm 32 years old. I've said that many times in the show. I was born in 1986. I sometimes feel like a man out of time with the music that I like. And I wonder why it is, right? Like, I, I'm still too young being born in 1986 to be into Pink Floyd, right? Uh... No, I'm, Fleet, I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. So Fleetwood Mac, another band I'm that I yeah. Huge Fleetwood Mac. Things lover, transcend so. generations. Like my favorite musician, like favorite favorite of everything is like James Brown. My favorite band's The Who. Like those are the same things with me. It's like, but those are funk and like rock things. Do you like, think they they cross decades? Do you think the current generation though is going back and listening to old music? I play old music for the kids in my seventh and eighth grade classes, and they do not like. It not one of them. This it's, generation. It's got to be sampled by like Puff Daddy. How do you think I like gotten like? Mm. You know, how many people listen to Bowie yeah. or something because they heard a pu- or whatever like because Courtney somebody Love covered song it or something like, like that? Matt. I heard Which Goldust one by covers. Courtney Love and I was like, oh, this is great. And I was like in eighth yeah, grade or ninth Courtney grade. Courtney Love. And I was like, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, and I started listening to Fleetwood Mac because right. of Courtney Love. Because Courtney Love made a comeback when we yeah. were in our. <laughs> I was even. With, yeah, America's Day because the whole had You're that album. You're probably third grade. And I was in seventh or something. <laughs> no, because that song, that song's on. No songs. <laughs> no, that's not true. The songs are on TRL. I remember. Uh, what was the hot song that they Celebrity Skin? That was like yeah. the big whole song, and they came back mm-hmm. out of nowhere. But yeah, I had, I had her her CD at the time, and then that's how I got in the Fleetwood Mac. Uh, yeah, you can't underestimate the uh, cover songs. Those are cover how you discover a lot of those old things. So I would say people today would be, if someone like Adele is doing a remake of yeah. someone from back then, absolutely they get into it. My nephew is nine, and he loves Pink Floyd, but I think that's only because you do. I like it, and my sisters right. and my... Well, and Grandpa Michael listens I feel to like it. We and... didn't have much access to music like kids do now. That's and true. We were like, where our parents were like, well, that's kind of, I guess that's the cool thing to do. So yeah. I'm going to listen to the Beatles or I'm going to listen to whatever. I, I remember. Be different because spe- there was nothing else. Really. I remember specifically when I was in eighth grade, um, I was at my aunt's in Florida and there was a station that did like that summer block run. And I just remember because we swam outside all the day with the radio on and it repeated the same songs like within mm-hmm. a loop. And that's what like got me off radio originally where I'm just. I think we fall into a thing, too, is remember how different radio was and what they were on on constant plays and loops. You hit yeah. this classic rock station, you're getting the same Pink Floyd song a bunch every, of times. Every 45 minutes. Very rarely <laughs> another Pink Floyd song in that block, if ever. Well, I think you know? it's, music is very insular. Like, you make this joke all the time. You get frustrated because you're like, when, I think it was when Brand New, when the Brand New thing happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, I don't even know people cared about this I just band. don't get it. I and what, don't get it. But what you didn't realize, and I told you, I was like, literally everyone you know in Utica who, like, is your friend yeah, between yeah. you, between me and Kevin and, like, Katie and, like, all Katie's friends and, like, Steve and, like, all those dudes. We all listened to that music growing up. Like, it was, like, a thing that we were all in on at the same time. Chat and there were kids. And that was a thing emo kids. Right? We were emo kids. And like that was a thing like with emo. And Proctor was like that too, growing up at Proctor, like Puff Daddy and the family. Everyone had that album. It was in everyone's car. It was a thing. <clears throat> yep. You don't have that much anymore. No one's listening to one big overarching cultural thing now. Like maybe Kendrick Lamar. Maybe like the biggest stars, yeah. Beyonce, right? Like the biggest yeah. stars well, in the world. You know what's crazy too is I remember back in the day when I would have CDs. I had um, was it Life After Death or something like that with Biggie? It was yes. a double disc or whatever, yeah. and I just had it. I like and that one. Um, but somebody, one a kid I knew, was so adamant about having to have it. Like just can I can I have this? Uh, borrow? I'll give it back to you. Blah blah. blah and I just gave yeah. it. You know what I mean? And DVDs like, were like that. It. Well, people <laughs> would come and be like, "Oh my god, can I have this?" Like, I don't even remember like. 
we used to treat it like if you had it, it was, it was really like, important, yeah. and you would play the crap so out of it because so that thing old. was like you didn't have the. You know what I mean? Like, What's the worst CD trade you ever made? A CD trade. Ooh, I got one for you because like I, I thought I've thought about this for many years. I used to listen to this band called Less Than Jake. I loved it. Less, Less Than, than Jake. Jake. Yeah, I saw him concert like three times. I had a copy. <laughs> I, I had a copy. I love you, by the way. Um, I had a copy. You guys probably saw each other at a show. I had a copy of the know. album Hello Rock View, which has the song, uh, which has like the famous Less Than Jake songs, like Big Crash mm-hmm. was the famous one, and Danny Says. Those are the two mm-hmm. famous ones. Anyhow, Jake and Danny. Is it uh, they, all the songs named after guys, Jake, Danny, Todd. Um, uh, so anyhow, uh, uh, anyhow, there was another band that had a song out at the time called Do Right, which was a song by this band called Jimmy's Chicken Shack. Do you remember yep. that song? Yep. Oh, it was a terrible song. And for some reason, me and Steve Gukumis, shout out to my buddy Steve Gukumis from middle school, we trade. I gave him my Less Than Jake album so that I could listen to the Jimmy's Chicken Shack album. Somehow, we never traded back, and I ended up with that garbage Jimmy's Chicken Shack album for the rest of my life. And it, listeners, if you want to do yourself a favor, go to YouTube, type in the song Do Right by Jimmy's Chicken Shack, <laughs> and laugh for 30 seconds before you turn it off, because it's really terrible. I got it. One, so me and my sister, would, my mom on Valentine's Day and like Easter would always buy CDs, because like we used to be a thing, we would go to the mall and buy like a doll. Remember when they were 99 cents for like the B-side yeah. tapes and stuff like that? <laughs> like but she would actually, so she would buy us full CDs for like holidays, and we'd always buy singles when we were out in the mall and stuff. But what she would do was buy two CDs, and then me and my sister would have to pick one each, and then that's where negotiation came in. The biggest thing I remember that my option was, no doubt, um, that mega album they had, or Jewel, who was also in the middle of a mega album at the time. Jewel. So I've had situations where I was like, all right, got you guys CDs, like, pick one. I was like, I got, like, what do I take here? You know what I, I mean? <laughs> like, I guess in this case, I'll accept No Doubt, because, like, Jewel is just too much, right? I love that No Doubt album, by the way. Uh, I used to like going into The Last Unicorn. Oh my gosh, The Last Unicorn. Yeah, because no matter what you picked, no matter what album, what thing was, they would look at you like you were a nerd. You're like, can I get the new Green Day album? They're like, it's in the back with the kid stuff. You're like, oh, come on, man. Like, we, I'm a kid. Give me a break. Like, what do you want from me? I miss that judgment. You don't get that when you order something online. There's yeah. that. No, there's yeah, no like. No one's. Yeah, it's just funny. Like that's a, there's a really old man take, but like the the you guy in the re- ridiculed for all the man in the records, the guy in the record store, and the local movie critic used to be like. The threshold of culture, Comic right? Guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. I used to look at the paper reviews in the OD when I was a kid, like they used to actually yeah. put movie reviews in the OD. I don't know who wrote them. I don't know if they're AP reviews, but that was the local <laughs> paper. And you would read. I don't know. I don't know. Right? I'm saying like I don't know how that works. But the point was like I, when so, I was a kid, like I, if I wanted to go see a movie, I would go read the paper. to the yeah. Observer's yeah. Bed and read it. Right? Like, so, I'm laughing at you for this. This is sad because we all did. We're laughing. We're mocking you for mocking me for it. Right? So it's the same kind of thing. Right? Like. I also used to think, like, this is another one the kids don't have to do today, is, like, you ever buy a CD not knowing what the rest of the song sounded no, like? No, I just bought it for one song. For one, one song. song. Yeah, yeah. They used to sell single ones, and then I... Yeah, 99 cents. Yeah, yeah buy the single the CD. You get that B-side weirdo <laughs> stuff on the other side. You get, like, one, you get a bonus one on there. Yeah. I remember buying the... You remember the New Radicals? Yes. You ever that song? Yes. That whole album is incredible. That was... And it's, it's 12 bucks on iTunes and worth purchase, just saying it, and I hardly would, would go buy music, but that album, the only one they... <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's actually... Top to finish, though, that thing, like... 
that album is better today than it was back then. Like, it has that weird, a little bit, of, I don't, I'm going to go on about New Radicals, but yeah, stop it right there, but. It's a good I used to love when the CDs had, like, the special secret song on the end. Yes. You'd wait, like, song. ten minutes for, like, yes. it to start playing on there. <laughs> um, Jock Jam CDs. <laughs> to tie this, I will forever miss Jock Jam CDs. That's why I have to leave it on. Okay, no, I'll, I'll, random mix. You can't jump up and get punk tapes with fifty songs on. Them. Yeah, you can't <laughs> leave it at that because that was a thing that no longer exists. When you would get a mix CD that they would sell you on television, right? Like songs of the eighties. You all ready for this? Feature. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like, and what they would do is like all the names would scroll by, but then one name would be highlighted, and they would play like ten seconds yeah. of that song. They're like well, featuring, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and of course yeah. Depeche Mode. Yeah. And then they'd play like thirty seconds of a Depeche Mode all song, and then rocket yeah. songs for us You'd people who couldn't get to the stadium. You'd want it, wouldn't I'd you? I'd want to call the one eight hundred number and order it. I always go back. My you mom. You never know when you gotta get pumped constantly. Yeah. My mom had the three cassette tape of like the best songs of the fifties, right? Like, cause oh. she, cause she's like, you know, that's that was her pop music yeah. for her back in the day. They're all the same song, by the way. Every song from the 50s is the same song. They're all Earth Angel. They're all the exact same song. They're all, it's just four notes. All right, so we got way off Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um, two yeah, more. they're all right, though. I think that's about the take. Uh, I, did, uh, I did buy my nephew a Pink Floyd album because he asked for Pink Floyd albums for Christmas. CD or vinyl? Vinyl. Nice. Bring it nice. mid-range and just go cassette. Let's I, just get there again. <laughs> We're getting back there. Uh, and I bought him my favorite Pink Floyd album, which is one of the weirdest Pink Floyd albums to like listen to, and he's never going to like it. Like he likes like the wall and dark side of the moon. I bought him like metal. No, it's the He's right thing it. to do. It's the right thing to do. He needs to know. He needs yeah. to know about yeah. the other sides of it. Yeah. I'll get him some Sid Barrett Pink there's Floyd a, where you sing about a bikes. Thing with Skinner is my example, and Pink Floyd for me falls into this. Skinner. Is that well listen, there's there's bands that you're supposed to like or songs you're supposed to like. It falls into that radio thing. And then as you get older, you kind of, you don't go down through their discography, but you still don't hate ACDC, like, Highway to Hell. You know what I mean? But, like, there was a time when I thought ACDC was incredible. Like, like <laughs> it's true. You know? Like, what the hell did I know? Who made who? I That's mean, a great song. Yeah. There, like, there are, look, there are definitive rock and roll staple songs that I would be happy if I never heard mm. ever again. Like, heard about, like, every dance and every... Roller skating. Like, I know. I don't. <laughs> I don't need to hear "Stairway to Heaven" no. yeah, ever yeah, again. I still ever, think there's phases dance. kids go through where they're getting those generations. Like everyone starts off because they're prevalent in pop culture and movies and all that things. Like I still think you go through that phase where you're like into Skinner for like a I month. I never got you know? a Skinner phase. Well, I, I never had a Skinner type though. Less than Jake, whatever. <laughs> yeah, less than Jake was my Skinner. Yeah. yeah. But no, you go through that band where you're like you're just think you're supposed to like it because you see T-shirts that like Hot Topic. Mm. It's like yeah, Metallica, right? And then We're you really to sorry. It, Right. Well, speaking of showing our age, though, this because the next music, the next uh, history lesson is also a music lesson. It kind of ties into what we're talking about. On this date, 1983, Michael Jackson's Thriller went number one, and it stayed there for 37 weeks. 37 weeks, Jeez. the number one album in America. Today, I can't imagine an album being number one for more than like it's like, like three weeks. Yeah. Right? Infor right? Information moves too fast. They'd make yeah. a parody song of that song that would be a bigger hit There'd than be a the original about song. It, everything. <laughs> Everything. And then in 1984, a year later, he went on to win eight Grammys for Thriller. So not only, only the, eight. Yeah. Only. Well, eight. I mean, well, there were only like ten Grammy awards, awards back then. Show. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say, why do the awards? Just give them all of them right off the bat and just stop the awards. I just mean like they talk today about like the Oscars being out, of, uh, uh, the Oscars and the Emmy, Grammys being out of touch. We're gonna talk about the Oscars in a minute. 
But, like, this is kind of interesting. They seem pretty in touch here. Thriller comes out in 83, number one for 37 weeks, 84 wins album of the year. Well, yeah, obviously, it was yeah. the best album. Like, what? Yeah. They're pretty it's in touch right there. But yeah. I can't even keep up with songs now. Like, everything's, it changes so fast. I, I don't know the names of any artists. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I might know a song. Like, if you play a song yeah. in, like, the grocery store, I might go, I know this one. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know who any of the people are. I'm, a, I'm, I'm my mom now. I turned into my yeah. mom. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Everything's uh, just too loud now. <laughs> Oh gosh! <laughs> Everything's so loud. My goodness! Yeah. It is. It, you it just is not appreciate music. <laughs> so, guys, did you know that the Oscars are this weekend? We're going to talk about some movies for a minute. No, you know what's sad? I, did not I didn't know. even realize the Olympics. I was remember we were talking about the thing yesterday in the pay per view. I was like, why would they do the woman first? It's because there was closing ceremonies. Yeah. I even forgot I watched all the that. Closing ceremonies. Yeah. yeah, I just totally missed that. So the Oscars, no. Shout out to GFOP uh, Kathleen Polito, by yeah. the way. Uh, they came in 18th, I think, which is still that's that's better than that one that lady. One, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know what? I I was impressed uh, that they did as well as they did, and I want to thank her again for. Yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. All right, back to the Oscars. Oscars are this weekend, guys. These are the movies that are up for this year's Oscars. Are you ready? Call me by your name. Did you see that one? Anyone? No. Nope. How about Darkest Hour? No. I gotta. This that's the that's the one where. Gary Oldman is oh, uh, Winston Churchill. I, I really I don't care uh, at all. No. Oldman's just I like Oldman. A damn fine actor though. And He's I why would I feel bad about that movie? It gives me resentment. Is I loved him since he was Drexel. My dog's named after the guy from True Romance That's way true. back in the day. So like everyone's like, oh look at Gary Oldman, vintage character actor. I was like, come on. No one gave a crap about this guy for years, and he <laughs> he was like mid range okay as Gary Oldman. We recognize I remember him, but him. now all of a sudden he's a great character actor. <laughs> I only remember him from The Professional when I was a kid. Mm. Hey, he's been doing hits for. Years. How about Dunkirk? You excited for Dunkirk? Nah. Is it the same movie? The same movie, right? They should cross. Dunkirk would and be Dark incredible Star. if the plots intertwined and they both won Academy Award for one performance. I think that would be more interesting if it was Get Out <laughs> in the Shape of Water. If those were actually the same movie, <laughs> right? And that'd be much weirder. Uh, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, yeah. Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which my former podcast co-host Dan Avasado texted me and said was pretty good. <laughs> so <laughs> I did not see any of these movies. I wanted to see Get Out, even though it's on HBO and I still haven't watched it yet. I wanted to see Lady Bird. Yeah. I feel like I'm, again, am I out of touch with all these movies? I feel so out of touch. Uh, I think I'm just spending too much time on Netflix or something. Mm. I'm watching see, shows on there. And... Academy, Academy Awards are interesting, too, because like you're not going to get Star Wars or like uh, Transformer franchise getting in there for Best Picture, right? So some of these movies may just get lost on audiences in general because what we typically go to movies for aren't the deep thriller about racial tensions in the south like that's how mm. hard people would rather sit at home and watch that stuff so i think mm-hmm. good movies maybe take a little bit longer to be seen now so all right so let me, let me toss this out at you guys for a second these are the last 10 best movie winners okay 2008 slumdog millionaire do you remember that one yep, yep. did you see that one yeah i, was, yep. I, was I did actually that's my ladybird reference every once in a while there's a slumdog millionaire that's that indie darling mm-hmm. weird out thing there that's not quite on par with the rest of the hollywood in terms of production and budget and stuff but they sneak in there so 2009 is the hurt locker that wins yeah. that wins over avatar district nine inglorious bastards precious based on the novel pushed by sapphire and <laughs> a serious man uh and all <laughs> that's the full title that's what it said oh, i'm no, reading the full title the <laughs> <office>. uh 2010 <laughs> the king's speech that was the thing that won. Oh, wow, that was, yeah. That won Did over... 
I didn't no, see that but one. I remember that year. That one over Black Swan. <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't that great of Black a... Swan. 127 hours. Yeah. The Fighter, which I didn't like. Inception, which is the worst Christopher Nolan yeah. Nolan movie. Uh, don't I at went me. To the movie don't at me. Yeah, that was the year that James Franco breaking his arm in the <laughs> desert was Academy Award winnable. And just like, That's are terrible. you kidding me? It's him That's alone terrible. with a broken bones and a wedge between rocks or whatever. You know what? Like this is a winning performance. 2010. That was the True Grit year. I saw True Grit. True Grit should have won. That's, no, the, that's my no, old bit. No, no, it's no. the only one. I, well, True that, wasn't good. Toy Story three. That was the same year. I thought Toy Story three was good. I like Toy Story. Um, Black Swan. I'm surprised it didn't. 2011. The Artist. Remember that? The mm-hmm. silent movie. The no. silent. You don't remember that? The Artist. Yeah. The Artist. It was Actually, a silent one of the best picture. Yeah. That yeah. Th- that was crazy because that one won over Midnight in Paris, which they thought Woody Allen was going to win for, which is a good movie, even though I hate Woody Allen. And don't Moneyball. Don't yourself to be so harsh on people. And Moneyball, which oh, is geez. awesome. And the tr- this is a bad year for movies. My my goodness, what a terrible year. What, this year? No. No, 2011. Oh, 2011. <laughs> uh, 2012. Argo. Remember Argo? Argo's yeah. a great movie. That was a thing. That beat Django Unchained, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Les Mis, which that makes... God, these are the best movies of the year? I feel like I saw a couple of these and they weren't very good. Mm-hmm. 12 Years of Slave. That was worthy of a win, though. Uh, oh, here's one. 2014. We'll stop on this one. Uh, Birdman. Remember Birdman? That was a thing. Again, that Slumdog Millionaire. That kind of quirky, out of nowhere, like people didn't movies. expect to come you along. You didn't like Birdman? I don't like those movies. Well, Lady Bird's on there, and then what's the other one? Um, the maps, or the billboards one. Those are both Three those billboards. little outbeat, yeah. or offbeat indie movies <laughs> with strong female leads. They're winning. Did you see... Um, 2015 Spotlight won for best movie. Did you see that movie? Spotlight, yep. Mm-hmm. I never saw Spotlight, but all I know about that movie is that Mark Ruffalo has that one scene where he yells at the end and everyone thinks it's yeah. funny, where he's like, they knew! They knew, Johnny! Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just think it's funny. Uh, and there you go. So you guys want to make one prediction? Who's going to win the Academy Award? Who you got? Lady uh, Bird, get out. I uh, think Lady Bird's going to get it. I believe, I told you this months ago, it will be... A movie with an empowering woman who is the strong female lead. That's why we'll do billboards, because we are in a terrible Hollywood climate where they're going to act like, hey, here's a bunch of awards for women this year. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I know it sounds negative, but I will tell you there will be a lot of women winners this year as they try to shake the image that they don't matter over there in Hollywood. They will do it I mean, with false awards. I think the Weinstein company got, like, suit today and the way they're they're gonna like they're gonna go bankrupt yeah they're out uh so i'm gonna take i'm gonna okay here's my take on this then since you're taking lady bird heather and you're taking three any woman i am taking the shape of water because it seems like the safest bet to not make anybody like triggered (laughs) it's the most that's what these serve for though they're always trying to make a statement now this is the least i think the least statement movie is the one where the lady has sex with the fish and guillermo del toro yeah (laughs) the shape of water watch any movies it's basically um the creature from the black lagoon where the lady sleeps with the creature that's pretty much the movie right like and and then michael shannon is in it being michael shannon is it consensual Yes. Oh. Yeah, they're in love. I'm just no, they're in love. Yeah, Because yeah. if it wasn't, then he wouldn't pick it because then it would have been controversial. I mean, I, I think, was wondering who instigated it. I think it's oh. interesting. I think it's interesting. Maybe I will now. It seems to be my attention. I think it's interesting that the movie people are talking about more than any of these Oscar movies right now is Black Panther. It's like the biggest movie in I America. I want to see that. I, I was supposed so. to go with uh, GFOP Aaron Higgins this week, but I was uh, too lazy to do anything. I'm the worst. Sorry, yeah. Aaron. They came in, was you. it fifth? All time or something crazy like Already, that? Already, yeah. 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 Yeah, for opening weekend, not counting President's Day or something. So, yeah, not bad. Uh, and actually, I just want to toss this one out really quickly. Have you guys seen a trailer for this movie 
with Natalie Portman called Annihilation. Oh, I want to see this. Yeah, okay. I did see it. So Annihilation is... That looks cool. It, 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 I'm interested in it. I read the book. It's okay. uh, based on a trilogy called the Southern Reach Trilogy, which is... Uh, I have one of the copies of it in my library. It's quite good. Uh, what's interesting about this movie, and it's something that people were talking about, is Paramount, the studio that made this film, has had one of the worst years they've ever had in, mm. in movies, right? They took, like... Everybody else. Of really, like, horrendous. Veros, like, cruising right Like, now. their biggest success this year, I want to say, was Transformers The Last Night, in oh, terms wow. of, like, what they did for movies that made them money. So, this Annihilation movie was getting... The big argument for this movie was basically, it's too, like, nuanced and smart for people. They're not going to get it. It's confusing, right? So, instead of releasing the movie normally, and then releasing internationally, trying to make it back, they released the movie in the United States in the theaters, and sold the international rights to Netflix. Yeah. So nowhere else in the world besides the United States would be able to see this movie in theaters, even in Canada, where Alex Garland, the director, really? lives. Okay. Right? Good. And this is the argument. It looks like Paramount looked at the movie. They looked at all the mistakes. You know, they had Blade Runner was a bomb for them this year. Um, Downsizing was a bomb. That movie Mother, that Darren Aronofsky movie was a big bomb yeah. for them. Like, they lost a lot of money. They looked at this movie. They said, it's too much of a risk. We're just going to sell it to Netflix. Yeah. And that's going to be something you're going to see a lot more of, I think, with... Like, studios aren't going to want to take the risk of releasing a $90 million movie and making $20 million it's like back. like TV shows, yeah. too. There's some amazing TV shows right now on Netflix. Yeah, and I think that it's an interesting point in time for what happens to, like, auteur directors and making your own vision now. If you're behind on it, you're already behind. <clears throat> if you haven't been doing the Chris Rock thing or uh, signing these deals to get your content on streaming yeah. services primarily off the thing, as in any platform, director, filmmaker, Adam Sandler as an actor with his production studio, if you are waiting to get on Netflix, like, it's already too late. Like, it's just already too late. If I'm David Lynch, okay, and I want to make a movie, but I want to make... The movie I want to make because I'm David Lynch, I'm the auteur. To deal with Netflix or Why would I go to Paramount? Why would I go to Universal, who is going to want control over it? Why wouldn't I just go to Netflix, who says, "Here's ninety million dollars. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Give it to us, and we'll put it on." Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it's it, it's just a better it's a better marketing yeah. thing for well, the for the creative types. On a right? lower level, remember was, we watched that Icarus thing, the trailer. I was telling you, you had to yes. watch that doc. Yeah. That was probably a really good story that Netflix was able to take and put the production value behind too. So it's going to create a platform for these younger people, like our smaller productions, that they can get in and make mm. them like a watchable movie too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so that was that's a good thing. So guys, uh, we're going to close out with a fun segment today. You guys ready for something? This is called generalized trademarks. You know, generalized trademark is. Uh, can you like duplicate like make fun of it but you can't be maybe commercial uh, on it? Like basically a generalized similar. trademark is when somebody when a word becomes so common that we use it oh, like okay, okay. like aspirin right yeah, 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 aspirin yeah, yeah, is, a na- yeah, yeah. is a brand it's not Kleenex the name yeah, Kleenex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I found this list online these are some popular uh, names that people use as generic terms and I thought it was kind of interesting okay so, is there any of you guys know off the top of your head? I Google is the most popular one, right? Kleenex. Kleenex, Band-Aid, uh, Band-Aid Aspirin, yeah, yeah. How about Jet Ski? Yep. You know, Jet Ski is not the name of the device. It's called a personal watercraft, unless it's a Kawasaki. It sounds so much better than as a personal watercraft. It sounds cooler. Like, it's got a hover Let's bring it back. Ocean. How about Bubble Wrap? Wow. That's also just a trademark name. It's not actually called bubble. It's called, it called like packing wrap. Wrap bubbles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bubbles. It's bubbles. <laughs> what do you call uh, that thing you get in with the bubbles and the jets in the water? What? Like a you... jacuzzi? Hot well, tub? A jacuzzi. 
a jacuzzi is not a thing. That's a brand. Jacuzzi is a brand that makes hot tubs and bathtubs. They also make mattresses and uh, and toilets. So you can I buy a jacuzzi toilet if you just want. Just got off the I jacuzzi. Like I, just got the- <laughs> <laughs> I just got off the jacuzzi. I have two jacuzzis in my house. Uh, Crockpot is not a thing. It's yep. just a brand name for a slow cooker. Here's an interesting one. Uh, breathalyzer. A breathalyzer is something that was created by the Indiana University Foundation. It was originally called the Drunkometer. The they, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a private device. It just got brought into it. Uh, how about this one? This is an interesting one. It's like champagne. Seeing eye dogs. Technically, it's only a, quote, seeing eye dog if it's trained by the Seeing Eye Corporation of Morristown, New Jersey. Otherwise, it's just a guide dog. And you know they're absolute jerks about mm-hmm. that when people say something. It's like, oh, actually. Yeah, actually. <laughs> How about rollerblades? That They're not really called rollerblades. What about them? They're called inline skates. Rollerblade is also just a trademark. Um, and I guess the last one. Uh, That's my favorite one. Yeah. That one? Yeah. How about the taser? Don't like tase a, me, bro. Don't tase me, bro. That's yeah. right. Uh, a taser is a trademark of Taser International and shouldn't technically be used as a verb. However, quote, don't hit me with that electroshock weapon, bro, is not quite as easily <laughs> shouted yeah. under duress. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was excited about Jacuzzi. Jacuzzi's my favorite because I have two of them. Well, here's so. I'm really excited to tell people I have two Jacuzzi's now. Well, here's one for you. Taser is actually an acronym. It stands for something. It stands for Thomas A. Swift's Electric Rifle, because Thomas A. Swift is the man who invented T-A-S-E-R, How Taser. How scared would he be whenever he walked into the bar and be like, oh, crap. Thomas is here. Get out of here. Scram. And last but not least, I guess, uh, uh, Formica. Formica is just the name brand. It's actually just decorative laminate. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Formica is just a brand name. Uh, oh, yeah, also Windbreaker. Windbreaker is trademarked by what the Celebration it? Trading Company. Everything else is just a really crappy thing. Wait, what's coat. a Windbreaker? Coat? Like one of those thin I jacks. know it is, but what do they say? It's, uh, there's an, it's just trademarked by this company. Wind it's, resistant. Yeah, so unless, <laughs> unless your jacket is... my wind resistant. Yeah, unless your jacket is made by Celebration Trading Incorporated, it's not technically a windbreaker. It's oh. just a really thin... Which one is the worst thing to be associated with? Which one's the best? What do you mean? Um, generic... Name thing. So Taser's the worst to be associated with as a brand, right? Like, it's great PR, but, yeah. like, it kind of stinks that people just keep calling them your company name. Uh, well, PowerPoint is uh, not the actual, like... So that's a probably good one. What one would... So that's a good one to have. Which is the worst to have? You don't want to be the company that's just known as the, for Tasers. Like, it's nice, but it also kind of stinks, right? I think Jacuzzi's the worst, though. Yeah, Jacuzzi, they, right? they sell ba- mattresses and, and toilets, toilets, and yeah. everyone just knows it as... Yeah, how many Jacuzzi toilets you selling, right? Well, like, are you really uh, arguing with people and being like, I want a Jacuzzi, and it's like, well, you know we do toilets, too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, here, and mattresses. And mattresses. I, I, will leave you, I will leave you with one last one. Dumpster. Dumpster is a brand name, uh, although the word has become largely uh, genericized and trademark is not widely enforced. The APA has even dropped the recommendation to capitalize the word. Dumpster gets its name from the Dumpster Brothers Incorporated, uh, who combined their name, uh, Dempster, with the word dump to create Dempster Dumpsters. So there you go. Wow, Joe. I thought it was Joe and John. Joe and John Dumpster. Joe and John Dempster of the Dumpster Dumpster. The Dumpster Dumpster family lineage. All right, well, this... uh, this, Dumpster fire. Well, speaking of which, this episode has been less of a dumpster fire than I expected this week. Uh, Folks, I want to... Thanks for joining us this week. Justin, thanks for coming, joining us this week, filling in for Kevin. Yeah. Wasn't so bad, right? 
It never is. It's I, a, we haven't done it with Heather yet. This is the first time for this. You're always so. on your best behavior when Heather's here. Yeah, and we haven't paired up for a show like this. This is history. That's true. Yes. You yeah. guys actually knew each other before I knew either of you, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Go we'll home. interview both of us right now and do a whole nother I went home. looking for oh, him. I'm going to go to bed. That's I'm true. The weirdo. <laughs> uh, follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWaz1. Follow Justin on Twitter at Made in Utica or Mr. Made in Utica if you want his parody account run by uh, yeah, GFOP. Yeah, how good is that? You really got to do something to get the, yourself parody accounts right Normally they just shoot you straight to Topics, but I got myself an extra handle on the old tweet. Oh, box. I'm sure there's something on topics about you, too. Uh, you can follow me at SFD, but don't just follow the show at Uticast. You can also go to maidenutica.com, uticast.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, taking over the web. Sayonara, folks. Uh, we will catch you next week. Woodstock lives. Keep it tight. Happy Rusev Day. Uh, you should pre record all this. So <laughs> yeah, just like it dub it in and job. do it at bad like, levels and sounds so it like crackles ah. and it's like, oh, no. Yeah. Bye. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>